You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast. Um, It's a solo episode. It's just me today. It's one... (laughs) I feel like every single week I go, when it's when it's just me, this one is going to be controversial, but this one really will be controversial. And I almost didn't record it. But if we don't talk about these things, then no one talks about them. So this whole thing is about why we need to stop misleading potential clients in the online industry, this whole episode. And when I talk about misleading, I don't mean the downright lying. Like we all know it's wrong, don't we, to like lie about something, whether we're lying about something we've done or or people are lying about how much money they've made and all those kind of things. That's downright lying. This isn't about that. This is about the kind of misleading that is some people think is okay to do and that it's just business and you're allowed to mislead in this way. But I don't like it. <laughs> and this is one of those podcasts people won't like, but I'm not doing it to shame anyone. And I want to make that really clear. We've all done things that we look back on in business that we might not have been particularly honest about or proud of. But, you know, no one talks about it, so I'm going to. And, yeah, we'll just start, shall we, <laughs> before I talk myself out of it. So there are a few things that have never felt great to me in this industry. Right from the beginning, when I first started, and I, almost five years ago, there were some things that I just kind of, everybody else kind of accepted. And I was like, huh, how is this okay? And I suppose what we can call it is the pay to play model. That seems to be, people have coined it a nice phrase, the pay to play model. But it's not a model, it's just misleading. <laughs> and it's not like that I don't like the pay to play part of it. You know, we we advertise, that's paying to play, isn't it? If we think about it, if we advertise in a magazine, that's paying to play. If we have a PR agency that gets us into a magazine to do an article, in my eyes, that's paying to play, so that's okay. That's all normal things. It's not that side of it. It's the dishonesty and the way it misleads. Let me give you some examples so that you know what I'm talking about. So there's a thing that I get every 10 minutes in my messenger inbox that says, Hey, we'd love you to be featured in the top 10 coaches in yahoo.com. And it's basically you pay some money, a lot of money usually, and then they do a feature, the top 10 coaches to look out for in 2022, and you'll be in it. But everybody then who does it, and I've seen the people that do it, they shout about it going, yay, Yahoo has made me one of the top 10 coaches to watch out for. Like Yahoo have said, I'm one of the top 10 coaches in the country or, you know, whichever magazine, it's not just Yahoo, like I feel like I'm singling out Yahoo now, but there's lots of places that do this from, oh, there's just so many that do this top 10 thing. But when people shout about it, they're not telling people that they've paid to be in there, are they? And so what does a client see? So a potential client looks at Yahoo at this article and goes, oh, this person is so good that they've put her in the top or him in the top 10. And so they might then pay that person because she's in the top 10. So it must, she must be good, right? But actually it's just a paid for. There's no merit on being in the top 10. Nobody has judged you to be in there. It's all just you've bought your way in. And so I always look at things from the perspective of a potential client. 
a potential client has now been misled. They have now been lied to essentially because they don't know that it was a paid for opportunity. There's other things like this. There's one called the Forbes Coaches Council. So when I first wanted to get an article in Forbes, that was always on my list. And I was like, oh, this is good. Um, I can be, you know, if I get accepted to the Forbes Coaches Council, it means I can shout about the fact that I am a Forbes Coaches Council member. And it also means that I can write articles in Forbes. And then I can say, hey, I've been published in Forbes. And so I applied to see if I could get accepted because I thought, you know, this must be really hard to get into. And then they basically wanted to charge me to be in it. And so someone I knew then told me that anyone can get in at pretty much at any time. There's some very, very low standard of criteria and that they'd only just started in the industry and were struggling to get clients, but they had paid to be in some kind of coaching council and they were now able to say I am part of the coaching council and I'm now writing articles for Forbes and they were shouting about it and and so is everybody else you know I I have been accepted into this and I now write for Forbes Forbes magazine have you know wanted this article from me because I'm an expert in what I do and the reality is they're not all experts in what they do they've paid for an opportunity to be part of something and no one talks about that part. No one says that they've paid for it. And so you don't know. I didn't know when I started. I just thought, wow, these must be amazing coaches. I didn't realize that the criteria was something like you have to have been a coach for three years, but there is no proof being given on it. Like no one looks at it as far as I can tell. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's, maybe it's more in depth. But when I tried to get in, no one asked me for any kind of evidence. And there's other things like magazines where you pay to put an article in. There's, there's quite a lot of that about. There's one at the moment. I'm not even going to name them, but you will have all seen it. And they will write you going, I would love to interview you to be one of our contributors to the magazine. And then you'll go, OK, I'd love to do that. And you have this interview. And then they say the price is this much. And so you're basically paying to be a contributor and everybody's accepted to the magazine. And actually, in the same magazine that I'm talking about now, they have this thing called the Top 500, where they show pictures of like Oprah and Jay Shetty and amazing people who are in their Top 500. And anyone that pays to you know, write for their magazine will also be in the Top 500. So they say things like, you'd be in the top 500 with Oprah. Now, I'm pretty sure Oprah has no idea if she's in this random magazine with barely any readerships, top 500, all cares, or any of the big names. But because they're showing the big names first, then people who are coaches go, well, I, I want to be in the top 500. So they pay their way in. And then they go onto Instagram and Facebook, and they shout about how they're in the top 500 alongside Oprah. How misleading is that? That people are like, Oprah's in it, and Jane from across the road is in it. So they must be on a level, you know, they've got into the top 500 in the world. They haven't. They've just paid to be part of something. And that's the misleading bit that I don't like. I think it's misleading for clients. I also think it's misleading in the industry. And if we're not going to be honest with people about what we've achieved, then what it does is it plays down 
anybody that has actually achieved something worthwhile because you can just pay your way in. Awards. Let's talk about awards. I've talked about this subject before. There's many articles that I would like to write on the subject of awards. I think that I must be the only non-award winning person on the planet at this point. Because <laughs> anyone can start up an award system. I know this because when I was in the wedding industry, loads of people I knew started up wedding awards. Uh, they charge you to enter. They charge you to come to an awards dinner. And people were winning that had never done a wedding before. And they were the best wedding planner in the Midlands or the best wedding planner in London. And they've never done a wedding before. But they could then put that they were award-winning wedding planner. And they could put it all over their website. And that's massively misleading to clients because, of course, you'd want to go with somebody that's award-winning. And you can charge more if you're award-winning. But, you know, sometimes they were the only entrant in that region. And then they would win regardless. So we eventually put my husband on the panel of judges so I could see what really happened behind the scenes. And it completely confirmed what I thought would happen. If there was only one entrant in the region, they would win. They decided not to merge the regions. Like Sam said, why not merge the regions? Because then it makes it fairer. But it's all about money. If they merge the regions, then they don't have a dinner for 30 different regions. So they can't charge as much. And it means that people wouldn't enter because they know they've only got one wedding or they've had no weddings. And so they wouldn't win against somebody really big. So by making it even more regions, people would know that if they entered, they'd probably win because it was only them in it. And I mean, there's nothing more misleading than that. Also, your peers are judging you. So if you were a competitor to one of the judges, you could never win. <laughs> if you're in the same area and you're a competitor, you'd never win. And I've seen this so many times, not just in the wedding industry, but in the coaching industry. You know, a magazine will tell you, an award system will tell you you've been nominated. And I must have been nominated a million times by nobody. I've won probably 50 that I've never entered for. But if I just pay the 20 pounds, then I'll get the award. And it's all just misleading. Now, I think there probably are a few awards that are worthwhile that I've seen out there that are actually judged, that you're not paying loads to enter. I do think that sometimes you do have to pay a nominal fee to enter because the company that puts these awards on has to be able to make money. But it's when there's no real judgment or it's just a vote by the public. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Everybody I know is now an award winning consultant or coach like that I don't know anybody that isn't apart from me and that's because I just refuse to play this dishonest game I just refuse to be part of it and I've been told so many times by my mentors and by other people in the industry to just you know just just get one because then you can say you're award-winning and it's great for marketing and it is great for marketing of course it is but for me morals will always come over money and so it doesn't matter how good it is for my marketing or how much more money I'll be able to charge if I say award winning. I just refuse to do it. I would rather be known for actually being good at what I do by the people who hire me rather than buying an award. And some of the people that I've seen talking about, oh, I don't like that you, you can buy these awards you know, everyone kind of knows in the industry that awards don't mean anything and that you can pretty much buy them unless they're the really big ones by NatWest, you know, all of the, the really good awards. There's, there's new awards popping up every day, by the way. 
and podcast awards, exactly the same. Like I've seen so many people go, well, I've done podcasting for 10 minutes and now I'm setting up a podcasting awards for Britain and people can pay to enter and they're just raking in. The only person that's winning is the person that's made these awards up and is just, you know, allowing a load of people to win and to pay them. So, yeah, I've seen people talk about how they don't like the awards and then they, they suddenly start making up their own awards, which I don't love. So, you know, if you, it's great marketing, but it's dishonest. Someone looking for a mentor doesn't know you've paid for any of these things. And if you were doing something as an affiliate, you have to actually say, I am an affiliate. If you are doing a sponsored ad with somebody that's paid you on Instagram, you would have to say, this is a sponsored ad. Whereas all of these kind of dodgy awards and top 10 coaches in Yahoo, you don't have to tell anyone that you've paid for it. You can just do it. So you do have to for a product, but not for this, which seems really unfair. Another one I saw, I'm just going to tell you them all. This is quite nice. This feels like therapy for me. (laughs) All of these things that I don't love in the industry that's made me sometimes question whether I want to be part of this industry. It's made me really wonder whether this is the right industry for me. I actually now believe that it is and that you can only change the industry by talking about the practices that aren't right inside it. And not everyone has the same level of integrity. And I do understand that. It's all right for, you know, some people might go, well, you know, my my level of integrity allows me to pay to play in this way. I think it's okay. It's just marketing. I'm just telling you my view on it. Fox News. There was a thing once where somebody was telling all their clients that they could be on Fox News with them in the US and they're going to have a segment and they just have to pay for this they have to pay an admin fee of like 10 grand or whatever it was to, and they will get a place on Fox News. All this person had done is bought a segment on Fox News, which anyone can do, and then charged 10 times the amount to their clients to go on there. But the clients didn't know that. So the clients had thought that, you know, just by by paying them for this admin fee, they had a special relationship with Fox News and, and Fox News wanted to talk to them, but they didn't. It was just a simple monetary exchange game. And that happens all the time. Podcasts, getting to number one is another one. Um, And, you know, books as well. So like self-publishing is such a great thing to do. It can do so much good. When we looked at different self-publishing houses, because we wanted to add book writing into our mastermind, we had some issues. All of the people we looked at were getting clients to number one by putting it on Kindle for 50p on one day and then put getting them to number one in some dodgy category. For instance, there was someone who had, you know, they were saying, we've got number one, we've become a number one Amazon bestseller for their coaching. And it was in the horse category because there was one mention of a horse in the book. So, you know, there's all these weird categories you can go in rather than the category you should be in just to get to number one. And then we met Abigail from Authors & Co. And they didn't care about the number one best-selling thing. Sure, they get number one bestsellers for pretty much everybody that works with them, but not in some weird category that has nothing to do with the book. They're really, really moral in the way they do things. And they're very like, strategically we want you to be in the business category or the careers category or whichever one is the right one for your book and if you don't get number one bestseller then you don't it's not the be all and end all what is is you know writing your book 
and what your book can do for your business to get more people into your courses and that kind of thing. And that's why we went with Abby in the end, because we looked at the others. No one was doing that. They were just saying, well, we can get you to number one in some random category, which, you know, what's the point of shouting that you've got to number one Amazon bestseller if you know deep down that you've kind of cheated your way in, that you haven't really you know, is everyone going to be an Amazon award bestseller in that case? It doesn't make any sense. And podcasts are the same. So podcast teams who you work with will tell you to get to number one, no matter what, and to just ask everyone, you know, to rate you and give you a review without listening to the podcast, just give you a review and almost pay them to do it, put a prize out there. And everyone that, that rates you or reviews you will be entered into a drawer or something like that. And then you'll get to number one for five minutes and in some obscure podcast category, which I see all the time. And we decided not to. So we decided not to do it. And instead we said, we're only going to ask people to rate us once they've listened to the podcast. And we asked everybody to be honest with that rating. If they thought that it wasn't five star, we didn't want the five star. It took a lot of effort because it meant we had to put a lot more work in. And we got to number one in the UK business charts. Now, nobody that isn't famous had got to number one in the UK business charts for 18 months. You know, it took so much effort to get there because we wanted to do it properly. But the next week, someone was shouting about how they also had got to number one in the podcast charts. And everyone was congratulating them, saying, oh, I can't believe you did this. You know, Lisa Johnson did it last week. And I was really surprised. I'd never heard their podcast. And it turned out it was number one in a category that was nothing to do with anything they did. They were number one in like, some very obscure podcast category, which is very easy to get to. And in another country, I think it was like Macedonia. They were number one in Macedonia. But being number one or award-winning just for marketing is pointless because it, it means there's no competition. It means there's no way of, you know, actually being rewarded for the good that you're doing and for the effort that you're putting in. It's misleading, but also it makes clients stop trusting anything that they read. Because once a client finds out that you're in some obscure category and it doesn't mean anything, or that awards don't mean anything, or any of these things, then they don't believe anything on there. And that's really dangerous. Because if clients stop believing anything they read, that's when we start hearing things like the coaching industry is a scam. The, the online industry is filled with scam artists. because we're making it happen by doing all of these tiny little misleading things that eventually become a massive thing. So, you know, I've now apparently without entering won loads of awards. I'm sure if I paid, I'd receive them. But I think these days there's an honesty to not having award winning in front of your name because people know you haven't bought one. The last thing I kind of want to talk about is that I get, that I understand that it can be really hard to turn down things that you know will make you money but that you have a niggling feeling inside that it's not really an integrity or it's misleading. And I know this because I got accepted to go onto a television show last summer in Miami. It was going to be amazing. I've always wanted a TV show. So I was like, we're going to a TV show. It's going to be amazing. And they told us there was this contribution, which sounded like it was going to charity because the thing the TV show was doing was like eventually making a non-profit to help people. And so it sounded like all your money was going to this charity. So it was, you know, you were actually just contributing. You weren't paying to be on there as such. But the more and more I was in it, 
it became apparent that you were just paying to be on this show and it didn't matter who you were. I, I had to audition and I got through. But then I found out that every single person that had auditioned had got through and had paid this money and that you were just paying this company to make a ton of money to make this TV show. And it didn't matter who you were. It was just a kind of scam. It was just misleading. And I felt bad because I'd shouted about how I'd won this audition to get onto this show that it looked like it was really hard to get onto. And then I realized that I had just paid to be on TV. And so I pulled out halfway through. And I know how amazing it would have been. You know, I get that people seeing me on a TV show and me shouting about being on a TV show in Miami would have been brilliant marketing. But I need to be able to sleep at night. And for me, sleeping at night always will mean morals over money and not misleading anyone because there's already too much misleading in this industry. And I don't want to contribute to it. I'd rather do things the right way. And, you know, People often think, well, you have to play these games to make money in this industry. I've made seven million in this industry in the last four and a half to five years. And I haven't done any of these things. So it is possible to do things without misleading anybody. And you can still make money and you get to, see, to sleep at night as well, which is always a good thing. I'd love to hear your views on this. I know that there will be views that completely disagree with me over paying to play and completely disagree with me over awards. I know that there are probably some good awards out there that I've never seen, but I'm sure that, that there must be some that are real. I'd love to hear about those too. So come over onto my Facebook group, Fabulous 5%, and let's have a discussion about it. But yeah, that's my podcast rant for today maybe we should rename this podcast the podcast rant i'll be back next week with hopefully a not so controversial topic and have a great day and week whatever it is you're doing thank you for listening to making money online with lisa johnson if you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online